You're listening to Version Control, Pounding Grain's digital news podcast. The arts have often been known for the double-edged sword of patronage. For instance, if musicians are signed to a label, they have the backing of that organization for marketing strategy and execution. They forfeit their autonomy, however. As a result, many artists choose to go at it alone, and there's a lot that bigger brands across industries can learn from them. Fans of this show are well aware that we have a segment called Respect the Hustle. This episode is essentially a PN to the hustlinest bunch of folks out there, the indie artists that grind out their trade all for the love. When the stars align, they get the respect that they deserve. In the meantime, we watch eagerly to see who can cut through the clutter, and of course, we try to glean how they were able to do it. The world is littered with talented artists who were never able to crawl their way out of obscurity. So what was the problem? Basically, they weren't able to think like marketers. The same tenets that create a successful marketing push in any industry apply to the social media efforts of indie artists. Be authentic, know your audience, and post regularly with engaging content across all platforms and channels. Seems like a lot of work? That's because it is. It's a full-time job. It pays dividends though. Let us present Exhibit A, a band that we've referenced in the past on version control, but their digital marketing prowess bears repeat scrutiny. Without any label support, Wolfpack has been able to amass a loyal following due to band leader Jack Stratton's seemingly innate understanding of online marketing. There is a sort of grassroots quaintness to the video content that Wolfpack produces. It is generally single shot, live performance in Stratton's apartment, but it is not trying to be more than it should be. Another lesson to be learned. Know what you can achieve with the resources that you have. Wolfpack feeds the fans regular content of performances, instructional videos, and deep dives into the influences that have helped to create the Wolfpack sound. They're cheap, quick turnaround, super fun, and they speak directly to the Wolfpack audience. And it's not just musicians that we're talking about. Social is the go-to awareness weapon for visual artists, filmmakers, artisans, and hobbyists. Nobody understands the power of grassroots marketing more than indie artists. So, what can brands learn from the indie artists that use social media and marketing tools so well? Let's dig into it. Version Control presents episode 48, The Indie Artist Hustle. Mm, all right, we're back for another episode of Version Control. This voice is making me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah I don't no, like thank this. You. I gotta go. <laughs> the windows are steaming up. <laughs> Wrong lights. podcast, Nick. The lights are down low. We've been listening to some smooth R&B. <laughs> And we're no, talking we about haven't. He's lying. <laughs> and we're talking about indie artists. Yay. <laughs> Who the heck is here? Mark is here. I'm here. I'm Mark. I'm a designer at Pound and Grain. What's up? Exuberant uh, introduction from Mark. Yeah, who's my, who's next? Ivana, are you going to... Oh, sorry. I, already, I, I gave it away. Who's next? Who's sitting next to you? Ivana, that is me. Less I exuberant. Please be more exuberant about how... Hello, I'm Ivana. Yes, she's happy to be here. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm also back. He's also back, it's true. He <laughs> and I am Nick, and we are talking about indie artists. Yay. Yay. We're also dead sober. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to Is tell. that the problem? Yeah. 
I just ate a pudding, so sugar high is like at maximum level right now. Uh oh. We all see Scott every day after he has his pudding. He goes weird. <laughs> you guys are in for it. Yeah. Okay. But what are we talking about today, Nick? Well, we're talking about indie artists who use digital media to their advantage and how they do it. And we're going to hopefully dig into what we can learn from that. That's cool. So yeah. who, who are some indie artists that you guys follow? Mark, let's start with you. Well, I feel like we talked about this in the intro, but um, the main kind of best, best case of this is probably the band Wolfpack. Um, they do all of their advertising and everything, um, video shoots, social media, everything, all super independently and just kind of like off the cuff, whatever they feel like they want to do, they do. Um, shout out to Wolfpack. Uh, their Instagram feed is pretty lit. Uh, they'll do things like um, kind of throw things in like a meme template to like promote a new album or a new a new single or a new video or something. Um, and they kind of have this same from like a visual brand standpoint too, they have this kind of same, um, yeah, visual brand going on. And it's, it's very recognizable now that this is like a Wolfpack thing. Actually, side note, I was designing Nick's album cover. Um, shout out to old Nick. Um, you can find that on Spotify. <laughs> um, and I was not even thinking about Wolfpack and not even um, using them as like a visual reference or anything, but I just started designing an album cover for Nick and it just turned out to look, it, it looked exactly like a Wolfpack album cover. And I was like, ah, damn it. I got to start over. No, I think you sent it to me and I was like, why? I love it, but why? What, <laughs> what is it? That, what is it? Yeah, something. It all leads back to Wolfpack. Yeah. So we, we love Wolfpack um, because of, because they do a lot of things right, if not everything right. Are we 100% certain that it's all them and they're not working with a partner who's kind of helping them? It's a great question. Uh, at first, it was definitely all them. Now, it is so slick. I'm not sure, frankly. I mean, you look at it and the big question that pops into my mind is the time mm. that would be, and just the time investment that would go into that much effort. And we can attest to that here. I mean, we work a ton in social. The if you guys wanted to learn a little bit more about that, you can read our Talk Nerder to me with Andrea, where she talks a lot about what goes into actually creating a post for social um, for brands and stuff like that. So I, and the only reason I bring it up is exactly that, is all the Wolfpack stuff lately looks super slick. And the, if they are still doing that on their own, that's awesome. But mm-hmm. you're right. like it is, a, it is like a significant investment in time and effort um, to keep things up to speed like that. Um, so respect that totally. If they're not necessarily doing it all on their own, I think it's pretty clear that they have a very, they're very involved in it though, because Mark, you were saying how they use memes to their advantage. And as we talked about before, like using memes can go very wrong and come across as like a sellout. Like you're just trying to capture the youngins. Um, but they clearly understand their audience and they're doing it in a way that's relatable and that their audience appreciates. Um, how long have you guys been like, listening to them, following them? Two or three years now, probably. And wh- do you know when they started? Probably about five years ago or so. Mm-hmm. I think that we've talked about this before too, but they, they did a promotional stunt called Sleepify, no, which was, that? Mark, do you want to? Yeah. That? So I actually spoke about this on respect the hustle, I think, or a digital pick a long time ago, but essentially they uh, released an album on Spotify that now, okay. So, Mind you, this band has like diehard fans, like insanely diehard fans. They will, there's like a bass solo in one of their songs and the entire audience will 
will like scream the bass solo um which is pretty rad so this is like they could pull this off for sure but they released on spotify an album with no nothing it was just blank mp3 files that they uploaded to spotify and told their fans to stream them overnight one night um and they i think they made either ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars off of it twenty thousand yeah and it funded their next tour so funded their first and only tour at the time Mm -hmm. which is really interesting because they had diehard fans again bringing it back to the genius of their online marketing is that they had diehard fans without ever playing any live shows and without having an album so uh, they were able to pull off that stunt basically in the backwards order of what most bands would have to yeah um and also bring it back i learned about them after that stunt so just one more reason to uh respect that sort of like that uh sense Mm-hmm. Yeah, to know to know to do that, like to to see that loophole is, I think it takes like a special. I mean, these guys are obviously very special when it comes to this stuff. So um, to see that loophole and to kind of take advantage of it is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like they they took a risk in trusting their fan base, mm-hmm. which a lot of indie creators do, right? Because they maybe uh, leave a full time job to pursue something that their passion. Um, and they have a trust in that the following that they have is going to be there and support them and provide in ways that they need to continue to follow their passion. Mm-hmm. What about what about you, Ivana? Who do you follow? And it doesn't have to, it, like again. We were talking about this before we hit record, but it's not just music artists, right? There's like a lot of independent artists in general that are using social platforms and digital media to really get the word out. Who's, yeah. Who are some that you follow? So um, I have two writers who are poets. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. Maybe you have now because they're a bit more mainstream now. But it's Christopher Poindexter and Atticus Poetry. Um, as far as I'm aware, because I haven't dove too deep into them, I just found them on Instagram years ago and followed them. And um, they would just post like little blurbs of their poetry. And they ended up both growing, um, getting a bigger following. And now they both have books published books that you can buy at indigo one of them is like a new york times bestseller um and they do a lot of uh they have like merch lines and they do all kinds of stuff to promote themselves but they also give back by you know taking photos or or sharing photos that their fans are posting or like people will get tattoos of like some of their lines that they write and like they'll call them out so they both do really well at creating a sense of community with their fans showing them the appreciation that they deserve because they would be nowhere without them um but they're also two people who started independently just on social media and then were able to go for lack of a better term mainstream by publishing a book and you see that a lot like so wolfpack for example um or a lot of people on Instagram who they get to take their love and their passion and social media allows them to pursue that full time and make a living off of it, which is, I think, beautiful. Now, what were their Instagram posts like? If Do they post like images of their handwritten poems or? Um, both of them would be photographs uh, from like a typewriter. So okay. it'll be like a typewriter of their lines. Um, and then here and there, there'll be like some beautiful photography or like shots of their studio or like I said, like fan art and right. stuff. Cool. Um, but yeah, it was really just like, it's just like, you know, when you're scrolling through Instagram, you see like a nice quote and then. So, so go ahead, Nick. That's a really good point though, Mark, because I think that some mediums, artistic mediums are more suited to different platforms, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Instagram is such a, a monster, uh, in terms of growing awareness for an artist, but you know, if you're a musician or a poet, 
or something like that, you have to be more creative into how you mm-hmm. bring that medium into that platform. Yeah. And that's what I always say about Instagram too. It's like, it is a photo platform first. So if your art can't translate to a photo somehow, it has to be a JPEG or an MP4 that gets uploaded to Instagram at the end of the day. If it can't translate to those two file formats, mm-hmm. like is, is your, is that the platform for you? I think that's interesting to bring up Instagram as well, because I mean, that platform in itself is based a lot on discovery where as you know, you're kind of scrolling through that discovery feed and you're finding so, so Ivana, like from a, just because poetry on Instagram is such an obscure thing. Like how did you find those two? Did somebody tell you to follow them? I don't remember. It must've been something like that. Like it maybe was on the discovery page or something. Um, and I forget which one I found first, but it was definitely like I followed one and then the other was like a suggested follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Instagram's algorithm is really good for that with like, if you are following a certain type, like something else that I follow a lot on Instagram is like those comic strips. There's a yeah. lot of really fun comics. Um, and it always leads to another one that you get to discover, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly. It must've just been Instagram served it to me. And was it just sort of the look of the quotes or like, what is it about these particular poets that made you continue to follow them and actually talk about them in this capacity? Yeah. I think when I first saw them, like to Mark's point, Instagram is full of photography. And so, um, seeing just a couple of words on a white page definitely stood out as something different and like it was a typewriter. So I like that aesthetic. I also have a typewriter, which I think is really fun mm-hmm. to work with. Um, and the actual poetry is beautiful and I really like it. And it was also, I, I was following them at a time where those like little, um, I don't know the proper word for it, but like the, basically those small poetry books that are really popular at Indigo, like, um, Kapoor or whatever. I haven't seen those. Really? The one that's like sunflowers and bees or something? Whatever. It was like a trend for a while. Um, she was like a 16 or 17 year old girl who was able to get a book published. But um, a lot of them I didn't really like <laughs> because it, it just wasn't my type. But theirs I just find really beautiful and it's, yeah. it's very romantic. And I wonder if that's the kind of the way to do it too is pair it with like if you're a poet or a writer and you're writing short stories or poetry, whatever it is, if you pair your words with like a cartoonist, that's probably a pretty good strategy. Um, I was just looking through my discovery feed on Instagram actually, and Instagram just has, just did an update now. And I don't know if this is just me, but um, at the top of the discovery feed, there used to be a smaller amount of categories that you could click on. And now there's like quite a few and they've kind of laid it out a little bit differently, but my fourth one in is actually a comics um, category, which is pretty cool. So I think this is kind of maybe a new trend in Instagram that they kind of caught on to where it's just like, like comic strips. Cause I guess the carousel on Instagram, like, you know, really caters to that pretty well. Yeah. The strange planet amassed 1.6 million followers in three mm-hmm. months. Yeah. It's wow. crazy. It just blew up. So yeah, that's a trend that's definitely on fire right now and probably going to stay. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I wonder if it goes, it came from that, um, those like books at Indigo, if like this just translates really well to Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it can also come down to like, if, if you're going to be really successful on a social platform as an indie artist to know what your end game is or not the end game, but like, mm-hmm. what is the goal? Like for, for again, taking it back to Wolfpack, but like they wanted to become musicians. They wanted to be, become professional musicians. They wanted writer. it to be their career. Actually, that was right. the, the main thing that they want to be able to make money doing it the poets want to be able to publish their work. Um, and you can really see that through with the, with the independent artists on social, like when they do that really well, mm-hmm. 
that is, I think is one huge separation between um, an artist that kind of knows what they're doing with the platform versus an artist who's just kind of like spraying stuff on social and hoping it catches on. Um, because I mean, for as, as awesome as, as some of the indie stuff is for being a little bit helter skelter and, and all over the place and without reckless abandon, which is, which is cool. The one thing that I do find that a lot of the successful ones have in common is a, is a goal. It's not just to like get my stuff out there. It's to get my stuff out, my stuff out there for X reason. And they're also most of the time, I think transparent about that goal with the ones with their followers, because they're including them in part of the journey, um, including them in the process and help, like having them help them reach that goal, which, you know, is awesome. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about Instagram a lot already. Um, do you think that an artist could choose to forego Instagram and still make a go of it? I think so. I think as like a, a visual artist, that might be a little bit difficult to pull off um, or a photographer that would, I think, be pretty difficult. But um, like a musician or a poet or a writer, like I don't I don't see why not. I'm sure Reddit's a, a fantastic place for um, for musicians and, and poets. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of different channels out there. If we think remember, like way, way back, like MySpace, we were talking about this earlier, Nick, that like MySpace started as a way for people to connect and it slowly just turned into music promotion. Um, and that kind of became a way for you to kind of explain your music and your sound and kind of get it out there and stuff like that. So I guess like there's different platforms for different mediums, whether yeah, it's like music or writing or visual art. I mean, I think just because of the industry that we work in, um, Instagram is kind of a heavy one in that because we look at something like that's cool. Um, like kind of want to promote that kind of mm -hmm. want to use that. But it's also, I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I discover, something new online. Um, the first platform I look for if they have is Instagram. And when they don't have Instagram, I find that strange. And then they tend to just kind of like fall to the wayside and I forget about them. I was going to ask that too. It seems like um, you go to Instagram first to just authenticate right. who this artist is, whether or not they have any sort of like momentum. Yeah. But is that a, I mean, just, just a general question out there. Like, if if you see something that you like and you you genuinely like it and their instagram presence isn't great are you already thinking less um the only reason i would not think less but i just know that i'm not going to keep up with them because instagram provides a convenience where all of the things that you want to see are in one space so say it was like a, a blog or a website on a third party website um where they hosted their art like I would see it once and think that's cool. Maybe I discovered it on Reddit or Board Panda or something. Um, but then that's it. Like I'm not going to have any other way to join that community mm -hmm. and, and help give back or whatever. So I wouldn't think less of them so much, but I might question their motivation. Mm -hmm. I mean, say like, is this something that you're just doing wishy washy on the side, or is this a for real endeavor? And also, I'd question, you know. If you don't have any sort of momentum or clout on Instagram, why? Just why? Like, what's the problem? Mm -hmm. But you mentioned like the wishy-washy thing. I mean, is that is that so bad? Even I mean, I, I'm just kind of looking at this because like a lot of the visual artists that I follow, mm -hmm. they're they're purposely inconsistent. They almost like want to keep you waiting to see what their next thing is going to be. Um, and, but they're still very focused. Like a lot of the artists that I follow, like they, they want to be discovered by Adidas or like Google or something like that to do installations and stuff like that, which is really cool. Um, but they just don't have like the 
you can tell they definitely don't have like a marketing team behind it. And to me, at that level, if you're like an independent artist, it's almost to your benefit because you don't have anybody telling you this is the right thing to do, this is the wrong thing to do. You're constantly living in a state of experimentation. And I feel like that sometimes brands forget about that sometimes where it's just like there's so much cool stuff that can happen out of a mistake or out of something that doesn't have a lot of rules mm-hmm. um so in terms of like from the differences between like wishy-washy indie artists versus like a tight brand branded instagram feed um there's like i think there's definitely benefits to both mm-hmm. no i agree i agree that's true um in the end it's still the content that that counts the most content is king right so it's mm-hmm. like quality is there then even if they have 300 followers i'll still say well you know i'm still gonna enjoy your work but nick you're so you're a big music fan right and you you were talking about earlier how like if you're if it's an artist or something and their their instagram game isn't top notch but from an audio standpoint i mean is it essential that a, a band's Instagram is super tight versus their sound? No, by no means. But I would say, say I look at someone's Instagram account as a band and they have 500 followers, I would say, are you doing enough to get your work out there? Uh, are you actually, um, yeah, are you doing your work credit by not taking a sort of marketing approach to it and pushing it out to people? Because mm-hmm. as... <laughs> So as something of an artist myself who is not incredibly famous by any means. Uh, sometimes by old Nick on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It feels like, you know, painting in a cave or something. Like, it's like, why are you doing this thing if nobody gets to experience it? Did you do it just for yourself? Was it fully, you know, like self-fulfilling? Or, you know, you're trying to get it out there to people. So when I... You, Although I'm guilty of it myself, when I look at another artist that doesn't worry about their marketing approach, I wonder if they're doing their work justice, basically. I think that's a good point. Um, that's a de- definitely another way to look at it. I, I was just kind of looking at it in terms of like, if I'm an artist, I, I want to spend the majority of my time and effort creating what I want to create and not worrying too much about sort of the promotional side. But I completely understand where you're coming from. I just think that there's a there's a balance that needs to be struck between like the creation process and the promotion process. If you go, if you skew either way too far, I think people start to notice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I've just found lately that like indie artists with visual, musical, filmmaking, um, they're able to try that. They're able to kind of toe that line. Whereas some brands you can tell right away that's like, you know, they're everything that they do is very on, on their brand, which isn't always a bad thing. Uh, once if that brand is strong mm-hmm. so I think that the the main thing that's you know for a successful campaign whether it be uh, from an indie artist or a brand there's some sort of just authenticity that is imbued through the work like we've, we, when we look at Wolfpack it's obviously like very considerate considered and executed with a lot of care but it still seems authentic so how do they tap into that what is it I don't know is that a question we can even answer but I think that the reason they know their audience so well is probably because they're their audience too. Like right. the things that they're into, the the stuff that they follow, the things that they get, the memes that they're into, like is the same as their audience. They're, you know what I mean? Whereas like a bigger brand that has hundreds, thousands of people working for them, 
um, especially if it's like a youthful brand, they're sometimes detached from their audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't have teens working for them. So uh, I think it comes down to, to knowing your audience uh, in order to be authentic. And then like the other side of it that Wolfpack did well is they grew their following first. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have a following first to be able to, I think, to take those risks and things because then you have a team behind you that, or not a team, but like a, a fan base behind you that is going to be there no matter what. True. But what's, uh, not to put you on the spot, but like how, how, do, how, would one, how would an indie artist build a following like that? I mean, it's tough, right? Because like to Nick's point about finding an Instagram page with only 500 followers, um, some people find that like when you find an account that if we're talking music and their music is excellent and then you go to their Instagram page and they only have a couple hundred followers to me that's exciting to me that's like ooh i discovered a band that's like on the rise i'm going to follow them um but as for how they get their stuff out i mean it really is like you just have to put an effort forward like when you're starting out you have to be present on social media like i think it's a must because in today's digital economy like followers is currency like you have to gain followers so that you do have that validity when other people come to find you your account and then that can ultimately to sponsorships and get your name more out there so you do have to focus on that is there some sort of secret to not seeming contrived about it though i mean like i talked in the intro about uh, it was an article that i found about this band called geographer not to throw that guy into the bus he seems like a very hard-working musician but uh, he talked very openly about his many failures in trying to make a va- viral video. And you can tell when you watch the videos that there's just something off about this guy. You know, it's like, or the, the, the band in general, it seems like it's trying very hard. Yeah, I think there's a difference between knowing your goal mm-hmm. and, and trying too hard for that. Because, and and that's, that's that tricky balance that we're talking about, right? There's, you got to be authentic and yourself. Um, but at the same time, like if you don't know who that is, and this goes not just for independent artists, but for brands, like if you don't know what you are, what you stand for, it shows, always shows. So I would say like, if you were planning on building an audience, regardless of what sort of field you're in, know yourself before you start to try to define that on social, if that makes any sense. Like if you have a clear path and you know what you want to do with it, it's, it's a lot more valuable than having a million followers right away. Cause you'll gain, you'll gain them more authentically. You'll gain like the following that will kind of back you and, and ultimately help you become even more popular. True. You're right. And for indie artists, like, uh, for them to continue to push through, like the love of the art and it being their passion has to be at the core of everything because that's going to keep you creating even when you maybe don't get the, the number of likes you're hoping for. Like you're doing it for the, the love of it and hopefully one day it takes off. Totally. And to Scott's point, it's like how can you possibly know your audience if you haven't truly defined who you are? You need to love yourself first before others can love you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Version Control, episode 48, The Indie Artist Hustle. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate us on iTunes.